Into the Night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. in the air. You just feel it. Merry Christmas. Everybody, Merry Christmas. Christmas cookies and eggnog with the crazy uncle. And Are mistletoes even still around? I mean, come on. They, they had to have been canceled. All the nerve. You know, Barney walked into the office with a mistletoe and, and every girl dove uh, into an empty closet. I got to believe that's canceled, right? Hell, they canceled Rudolph uh, this year, if you didn't hear, because they discriminate against deers. And also, uh, with that fine film, I think it was put together in the 50s. Uh, back then, there were some unfortunate comments about how you're a, a female reindeer and you can't compete with male reindeer. So let's cancel that. Uh, that's gone. And um, outside of the. You know, it's it's a wonderful time of year. It's Christmas. Everyone's happy. Oh, to be a newlywed right now. Oh, man. That first Christmas with your significant other. I mean, that's a good time. Uh, the kids, man, nothing better, right? Watching kids on Christmas morning. Oh, all about giving uh, as opposed to, uh, to receiving. You get a little bit older, yeah, maybe a little cranky. I've noticed that the streets today, few accidents on 95. Everything seemed cluttered today. The traffic was stuck on this Thursday in uh, in Duval, but it'll be okay sooner or later. Uh, it'll get cleared up, and uh, you can get back after it. So I wish you the very best uh, as far as your shopping spree. Remember a quick uh, stocking stuffer. It's called the good folks over at the Blue Crab Crab House. You can get a $65 gift card for $50, okay? I'll be out there on Christmas Eve with the GF and my dad. It's a, um, it's typically a staple for me. I don't know if I'm going to wear the Miller Lite ugly sweater. I may. You know, I just don't know. I mean, I'm crazy like that. I don't know, but I'm, I'm looking forward to it because I'm going to get there right around 730 and... At that exact time, I'll know one thing. Did the Jaguars win a road football game? Jacksonville's lost three straight in the locker room today. You wouldn't know it. Uh, They're a loose group, which is good. That's a positive. Tampa Bay, are they better than their record? I, I don't know. They've won three in a row. They've been tightly contested ball games. Knocked off Carolina 21-18 in Tampa. They now have won consecutive ball games on the road. And that's hard to do in the NFL. Jacksonville's the best road team in professional football. You know that if you include both games that were played in London. They went to Atlanta, a divisional opponent. I remember picking Atlanta in that game when J.J. and I make our weekly picks. Won that ball game 29-24. And then last week, um, not as close as the others, they won it 34-20 at Lambeau against Green Bay. And what was arguably the greatest game in Baker Mayfield's career. So where is Tampa Bay right now? Overall, this series, Jacksonville leads it. They'll meet for the eighth time 
Jacksonville up four to three in the history of this series. Jacksonville only one and two on the road, but that really doesn't apply with the current rosters. The last time they met was back here in Jacksonville. It was December 1st, 2019. The Jaguars were on the other side of that football game. Tampa Bay winner, 28-11. to We've seen the line flip. You know, this in-game, you can look at lines in-game, before the game, it was three, three and a half, Jacksonville. And then you had the uncertainty with Trevor Lawrence, which absolutely is still relevant. I'll get there momentarily. But we've seen it drop to where now it's switched teams. Tampa Bay, a slight favorite, somewhere in the neighborhood of one, but it's being pushed more and more towards the Buccaneers. I, you probably can shop right now if you're a Jags fan, you want to play the underdog. They are 2-4 and four this year as underdogs. I tweeted that out a little bit earlier today, but I, it's starting to move towards one and a half, two. And we'll check in with Rafael Esparza next hour tonight, joining us live from Las Vegas. And we'll get an understanding from him as to, you know, where the money is at this particular point. It feels like it's all been Tampa Bay. If you're a Jag fan, and I say this out of respect for gaming, out of respect for handicapping, I do not bet, but I love it. I follow it. It's great. I'll bet again someday. I just need the itch. I don't have the itch. Why force it? Why force anything, right? If I don't want to bet, I'm not going to bet. I don't feel like it right now. At some point, I'll do it again. Um, I just need the itch, and I, and I don't have it. But if you are a Jags fan and you're getting points, why not wait to find out if Trevor Lawrence is going to play, right? How much of a difference is it between Trevor Lawrence and C.J. Beathard? So I put it to you. I throw it right to you, Jaguar fans. Oh, oh my God. You, you were spewing this, spewing that. Vile. I mean, it was unbelievable, your comments. Social media, whatever. This comment, that comment. This comment, that comment. Just pounding Trevor Lawrence. Now that you've had four days to digest it, you want C.J. Beathard under center Sunday? Or are you ready to go back? To Trevor Lawrence. That's what's great about fans. That's why I do this show. It's for the fans. I, I, I love it because you're all about knee jerk, right? And that's what a fan should be. Always fire your coach midway through the game. Bench your quarterback midway through the game. Then you get a couple of days to get over it. And, you know, how many of you right now are thinking about Baltimore on this Thursday night at 10 minutes past 6 o'clock? None of you are. Your attention now has been completely on what's next. Christmas Eve, Tampa Bay, 4.20 in the afternoon. We'll have it for you right here on 92.5 FM, as well as our flagship 10.10 on the AM. Which, by the way, JU Hoopers, they're coming up in just a little bit. They got the Boilmakers tonight, okay? There's nothing quite like late December college basketball, Jacksonville University, and Purdue, that is coming up. If you're listening to me right now, all of a sudden you hear that broadcast and you still want to listen to me. JJ, give them the variety of ways because I was I just found out about Twitter Live and there's still some... I'm going to make right now a, a proclamation, a declaration for 2024. I'm going to become more with it and more savvy with all of the handles that we have 
where you can pick us up. When they switch over to that JU game, if you want to listen to Outstanding Basketball, keep it right there on 1010. If you want to listen to us, where will they get us? Uh, 92.5, 92.5 app, YouTube, or Twitter. How about Alexa? Alexa, can you put it on 92.5 FM, the app? I'm sure that works as yeah. well. Yeah. Okay. Um, Trevor Lawrence didn't practice. Trevor Lawrence was not available for the media today in the locker room. And even if he was, he wouldn't have said anything. That's a rule. Not, not a Jaguar rule. That's an NFL rule. Once you're in the concussion protocol, uh, you don't talk to the media. Zay Jones, another off day. I, you know, I caught up with Buster, uh, Buster Brown and, um, I'm going to play that for you in a little bit, but I, I wanted to find Tyson Campbell. I wanted to find Andre Sisco. Unfortunately, neither one of the two were in the locker room while I was there. Okay, yesterday we saw that uh, they were limited, and that was the case again today for both Jaguar football players. Let me pull that up real quick. And um, as a matter of fact, what, while we do that. Let's get to the other side. And Press Taylor today, I also have some interviews coming up, including Luke Farrell, okay, who talks about preparation for this football game with it being both Trevor Lawrence and C.J. Beathard. But before today's Thursday practice, Press Taylor was asked about preparing with both of these quarterbacks. We've been through this where we're not sure of Trevor's status going into a game. Uh, so we always kind of put together a plan that I think fits both guys and a lot of things just the way they play quarterback. Now, it's not as probably chaotic as people would think of just, you know, he's a quarterback. They both operate really well from the pocket, the things we want to do, the things they see well, and then utilizing the guys around them is, is a big part of it. C.J. Beathard's on the injury report and has been ever since he came in with that left shoulder. He did practice in full uh, both Wednesday and today, so that's good news. Of course, Trevor Lawrence is not. He's got the ankle. He's got the concussion. The ankle looked good. And, you know, Trevor's a tough guy. You, you can't – well, actually, you could say whatever you want. Okay, that's fine. But to say he's not a tough guy is wrong. He may not have the tough guy look, right? Um, but he's a tough guy. And he proved that by coming back and playing – after having the ankle rolled. Uh, uh, three weeks ago when that happened, I did not think he would play. And he did. The guy toughed it out. You got to give him credit. You can't tough out a concussion. You can't. And respectfully, that that is the right way to go about it. Can, can you fake your way through uh, a concussion? I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I'm not nearly smart enough to be able to figure that out. I, I think there are times in life where we have always lied. I, I remember growing up in Boston and playing street hockey, doing some things, and my mom would be, oh, no, you can't go out. You know, you're sick. You, you know, you got a runny nose. You got a cough. And, and you're like, you look them right in the eye because you want to go outside and play hockey. You're like, no, 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 I'm fine. I, you know, I got no cough. I got, I got no running nose. So I think we've all done that. Um, maybe you, maybe you're as sick as can be, but you, you roll out of the rack and you're like, oh my God, your wife's like, you can't go to work. You are, uh, you are just up against it. You need to sit home all day. And you're like, 
man, you think I'm going to spend all day home here with you? Forget that. I'm going to work. So you turn around and you lie to her. Okay, that's fine. I don't know if you can lie your way through a concussion. I don't. And, and I also think that concussions can be far more significant, right? It can be a, a light brush, a, a tiny little concussion, or it can be a major brain snapping against, you know, the front part of your skull and then settling back in. And, and I took that from our commissioner, who never lies. I mean, Roger Goodell never lies, and, and he told us all. He said, hey, Roger, hey, Roger, we went from 16 to 17 games. He said, yeah, and guess what? CTE dropped. That was my plan all along, and I talked with the owners, and I said, guys, let's go from 16 to 17 games, and watch this. Here come the numbers. Here come these statistics. CTE is down. Concussions are down. How do you reduce concussions? Play less ga- Play more games. And then a year later, those same numbers came out. All right, but the czar, okay, the, the, the man in charge of the five families comes right out and looks at us and says, ah, yeah, numbers are up. However, testing has improved significantly. Doctors nowadays, they can go inside and find out just the tiniest little what have you and refer to it as a slight concussion. These are comments from the commissioner of the NFL. He doesn't lie. Makes you wonder. Will Trevor Lawrence go? I have no clue. None. If I was a betting man, I got to stay with yes. If I was a betting man, just because Trevor has never missed a start. And this is the only game this weekend where you have two first place teams facing one another. Point differential is six. On both sides. This is so incredibly important for both of these franchises. Jacksonville controls its own destiny. They have the tiebreaker over both Houston and Indianapolis, but they got to win some football games. They've lost three in a row. Tampa Bay, the exact opposite. All of a sudden, they're streaking. They've won three straight. So, knowing Trevor a little bit as I do, I want to believe he's going to play. I don't know that. Not at all. I do not know that. And him not being able to give it a go is realistic at this particular time. It really is. I, I wish I could say more to it, but it's it's really part of the great unknown right now when it comes to looking at this matchup on Sunday. All right, I, I think it's another game where... Big play here, big mistake there. Uh, On the surface, the thing that sticks out to me more than anything is Baker Mayfield is going to be Baker Mayfield. He, again, had one of the best games of his career last weekend. I think he comes back down to earth, okay? I'm not expecting another, what was it, 22 for 26 or 22 for 28, but 300 and. 85 yards and four touchdowns and a quarterback rating that was the greatest ever by an, a, you know, an, uh, an, a, a visiting quarterback at Lambeau. No, I, I don't think he's going to do that against this Jaguar uh, defense, although we continuously wait to see 
what's going to happen with Andre Cisco and Tyson Campbell. Both guys today remain limited, okay? So the growing for Cisco, the Campbell injury with the quadricep, limited both days. Uh, you know, talked with John Osher about that last night. Also speaking with a few other people today. It, it feels like this is the exact opposite with Trevor, where you just don't have a feel. I think Cisco and Campbell play. And I think part of that, John Osher and I talked about it last night. You know, it, it, it's so easy for me to sit here and say, don't play, don't play, don't play. Three weeks ago, Trevor, don't play. You know, early in the year, Sheriff was down. I'm like, you don't need him this early against Kansas City. You know, if it was week 16, 17, 18, the playoffs, that's one thing. Get him ready then. Well, guess what? Now it does mean something. Now is when you don't rest, guys. No one's 100%. This is where Tyson Campbell has to play. This is where Andre Sisco has to play. All right? The offensive line's been terrible. They're playing hurt. Walker Little hurt. Ezra Cleveland hurt. Anton Harrison hurt himself in camp. I don't know if he's been 100% all year. Brandon Sheriff, just how about your eye test on Brandon Sheriff? You see it all the time, whether you're live here uh, at the bank or if television shows it either here or when they're on the road. It, it, it feels like almost every possession at one point, Brandon Sheriff is really slow getting up, and he's a tough guy, and I give him a lot of credit for that because I think others would take themselves out. He's played hurt, but that's a hurt offensive line. They're out there playing. Sheriff did it last year with a core injury. I, I, I don't ever think it's fair to question a guy's toughness or to, unless it becomes painfully obvious, right? This is their livelihood. These guys do want to play. But the point that I'm trying to make, there's a difference between week two, week three in an injury where you got a long, grueling season And now, three games remain, and there's a three-team tie in the AFC South. If you can get these players ready, they have to play. And hopefully, that's their mindset. Again, neither one of the two were in the locker room today, so um, I I didn't get an opportunity uh, to talk with them. I did talk with, uh, uh, you know, Buster, so we'll play that coming up in just a little bit and uh, as well. Uh, with Luke Farrell and uh, have some more comments that are coming up on the Jaguars today inside the locker room. All right, we got plenty to do right here on this Thursday night. Uh, opening comments are brought to you by Schmunez Vision. They wish all of you out there a, a uh, very Merry Christmas. Uh, no question about it. The good folks over at uh, Schmunez Vision, family organization. They focus on high-quality medical and surgical eye care. All right, had eye surgery eight and a half years ago. Pretty scary. I tell you what was scary about it. I had no clue. I didn't even have blurry vision. I had nothing. I was, I was fine. I just I've known Neil Chimunez, Doctor Neil, for forever, and I just went in for, you know, simple eye checkup. You know, do I need a new prescription uh, for my contacts? And he's like, bro, this got to come out immediately. And I called my boss. I said, I need a day off. I got to have surgery. He's like, take. Went in, went out, removed it. Uh, it was cancerous at the time. No setbacks. Found it in time. So 
even if you do not have blurry vision or even if your eyes you feel are as good as they can be, they unfortunately may not be. And we test our bodies, right? We see our doctors, you know, you feel something in your heart or your chest or you feel something, you know, down around your belly button or whatever it be, or, or, or you pull a hammy or a calf or whatever it may be. It's like immediate care, right? We often let our eyes go. And that's not the way to go about it. This is a family organization, and they're located out at the beach, and they are simply the best around. SchmunezVision.com. Check them out today. When I do return, we will introduce to you J.J. LaSalva and Drunken Sailors at 10 a.m. Is is that really going to happen? is there is something going to come out of this bot meeting tomorrow? Something juicy going to come out? Anything outside of they are filing to leave the Atlantic Coast Conference is nothing but a dog and pony show. If tomorrow's bot meeting is just to bitch and complain again, then that's totally, absolutely useless, especially a couple of days before Christmas. If you've set up this meeting, have something significant to say. My comments on Florida State on the other side. This is Into the Night. Into the Night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. All right, 10 a.m. reportedly, the bot will meet the Board of Trustees. And I have a little bit of advice for them. Thank you, Jackson. Maybe I should just tune out to that girl can sing. He left Jackson high and dry. She did. She just packed up and left. And according to Jackson Brown, that girl definitely could sing. Try to figure out who that was over all these years. Who was the one? I mean, how dare you leave Jackson Brown? What do you think you did? Started talking politics or something? (laughs) Daryl Hannah, who's now with Neil Young. Oh, my goodness. These rock rock stars, they just trade ladies like they're Kardashians or something. It's, I don't know. I'd be a little... Well, once you're in the life about as, like, a lady who dates celebrities, then you have to stay in that life. You can't go from, like, dating Neil Young to, like, uh, a teacher. Although the woman who was married to Jeff Bezos, Jeff Bezos, of course, the guy who runs Amazon, one of the richest men in the world, uh, she left him, and she is now with an elementary school teacher. Really? Talk about a downgrade. Not trying to disrespect teachers out there, but come on. So she you brings guys are like no Jeff Bezos. She brings like, you know, forty billion, billion to, the, to the table. He brings like forty thousand a year. And teachers are so ridiculously underpaid. Well, they work. They don't work for four months out of the year. So, I mean, okay. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to remember who Neil Young's girlfriend was. One who sang that song. It's going to take a lot of love. Gonna take a lot of love. And he sings it in Live Rust, the LP. Not nearly as well. Cherie Brown? No. 
mid-70s, going to take Nicolette a lot of Larson? There you go. Nicolette Larson. Yes. Going to take a lot of it. Actually, a really good song. Uh, but Neil wrote it, and he sang it, but he also lent it to her. And then she went on to, um, I, I want to say it was like a top 10 hit, maybe even a top five hit for Nicolette Larson. There we go. Oh, my goodness. Tonight at the Blue Crab Crab House, <laughs> if you need a present, you need one now. How about a stocking stuffer? Right off of San Jose, it's Jacksonville Staple. It's the Blue Crab Crab House. the rock my dream is to get fired so i can become a graveyard old rocker out of respect for um jim latt who unfortunately we just lost the other day at the age of 75 all right a little bit of advice for the for the Knowles. um announce you're leaving if this is a session that's filled with more complaining and more, we're unhappy. The only thing that you are going to do is dig a bigger and deeper ditch. Okay. You've already expressed that and you've already made a monster mistake because you came out and you complained about it all without there being a landing spot for you. And that's the worst part of it. I mean, a message has been sent to you. A message has been sent to us all. Don't ever put your personal or your professional life on the line without a landing spot, right? Florida State is going through a divorce. And the grant of rights takes them through the year 2036. Here's the problem right now for Florida State. They can't afford to go out on their own. They're better off being unhappy in a marriage. I'm speaking to some of you right now who are unhappy in a marriage. You can't afford to leave your wife. You can't afford to do it because you can't afford to live by yourself because family law in the state of Florida is awful. I know. I've been divorced for 16 years. It's pathetic. It's ter- you, Men, you're going to get screwed. Stay with the wife. Just be miserable. Okay, that's the way it is. It's the same thing here with Florida State. And you know what? They have no one else to blame but themselves. Self-inflicted wounds. Drew Weatherford's comments, the president, Richard McCullough, who came out and said we are considering leaving the league. Um, The timing when Mike Norvell was 11 and 13 in the Atlantic Coast Conference and Florida State showed up like they were Alabama. Florida State showed up like they were Georgia. It's one thing to flex. It's one thing to yell if you were what Florida State was a decade ago. If you were consistently winning all of these Atlantic Coast Conference championships, if you were consistently a top five team, yeah. Yeah, you can yell, but not when you've gone through coach, uh, coaching changes, mistakes, One coach quits on you. Another coach comes in. He doesn't even know how many guys should be on the field at the same time. Mike Norvell off to a horrendous start. He's turned it around. You know what Florida State, 
you know what their authority did to Mike Norvell? And they proved it. By what they said and what they did, they never figured that Mike Norvell would have an undefeated season. They never figured that Mike Norvell would have his guys ready to play for a national championship. If so, they never would have made these foolish comments. So they have. And as much as I hate to refer to him, Paul Feinbaum was actually right. Folks in athletics do not like Florida State. They don't like them. No one in the ACC likes them. So what's, what are they going to do tomorrow? Come out and publicly um, tarnish Jim Phillips again? Because Jim Phillips, uh, Greg Sankey went on every single ESPN property. All right? He went on and said, if Georgia wins, they're in. If Bama wins, two teams. He promoted and promoted and threw it out there and got Joe Tessitore and Dr. Herbie and, fi- and everyone to back up. What did Jim Phillips do? I think he was Christmas shopping. He did nothing. No interviews, no statements. Okay, in the 11th hour after Florida State was left at the altar, he finally made a comment then. It was totally over with. You can't unring the bell. So, yes, terrible leadership uh, in the Atlantic Coast Conference. Also, very subpar leadership. Unfortunately, at my alma mater, Florida State, you don't make this type of push without knowing where you are, in fact, going to land. So a couple of things you need to consider. The grant of rights, all right, the GOR. For those of you who don't know what that means, that is the television rights are put together by the Atlantic Coast Conference for every team in the conference through the year 2036 to put together their schedule. And the way it reads is their home schedule. The understanding is that this is unbreakable. This is an ironclad contract. Now, contracts get broken all the time, right? When a contract gets broken, How does it usually happen? Well, it's one of two things. A buyout. A massive buyout. Or number two, neither one of the two parties are happy with one another, and it's a clean break. That's not going to happen here. Florida State has an exit fee of $120 million. There are several reports that are out that say on top of that, if Florida State leaves, it will cost them an additional $500 $500 million, okay? $500 million. It's been written and talked about several different places today if you have followed this story. So we're talking about $620 million that Florida State is going to have to come up with if they want to leave the Atlantic Coast Conference. And they have until August 15th to formally announce that they will not be a part of things for 2025. They they are absolutely going to be in the ACC in 2024, okay? That's the only thing we know so far. Here's what I'm wondering, and here's what it comes down to. The lawyers involved, so many folks have read the grant of rights, 
not only at Florida State. Florida State was just stupid enough to publicly complain. Miami wants out. North Carolina wants out. Clemson wants out. You had the seven teams that got together and talked about how to get out of the ACC. They're all unhappy. They're making $30 million less than the Big Ten, $30 million less than the SEC per school per year. Okay? Uh, Drew Weatherford came out and said, you cannot compete to win a national championship in the ACC. Uh, I'm not a conspiracy theorist at all, but I almost feel like Drew Weatherford's comments that he made before the start of the season gave this college football committee, Boo Corrigan, Jim Phillips, and everyone else involved a way to say, hey, look at what the former quarterback said. He didn't leak what came out of the bot meeting. He came out and told everyone exactly what is going on, and they followed suit. Your, your former quarterback said it. You can't win a championship in the ACC, and yet Florida State was undefeated. It became the first team that was left out right on the heels of that foolish comment. That would have been a brilliant comment privately. If it leaked, so be it. But not only did he put his name on it, I think he said it in front of television cameras or radio cameras. So anyway, this is a really difficult contract to break. As far as I know, the only way Florida State would have any way out of this would be if their lawyers can say to the Atlantic Coast Conference, Florida State just went undefeated. Florida State was unable to compete for a national championship in the Atlantic Coast Conference, even though they were undefeated. I have to believe that the Atlantic Coast Conference lawyers would turn around and cite the college football playoff committee's rules that specifically state if a player or players are injured and it affects the way you look at the team, they can be left out of a college football playoff. That's what it's about as far as I'm concerned. That's the meat and potatoes. Are are these good enough lawyers that they're going to be able to find a way through this? Uh, I I don't know the answer to that question. Final thought. Private equity. Florida State's had talks with J.P. Morgan. Florida State's had talks with Six Street Partners. Obviously, Florida State's not going to write a check for $620 million. They're going to be privately funded. I have no idea what that means in the long run. This is brand new. Yes, Six Street Partners. They've done things with auto racing and soccer and all sorts of things along those lines. I'm unaware of any of this actually ever happening in the world of uh, collegiate athletics. So we'll see what happens there. But where's Florida State going to go? The SEC doesn't want them. You think Florida's been struggling? You think Georgia's been struggling? You think Georgia and Florida right now is saying to Greg Sankey and and all of these schools' presidents, boy, you know, if we can get Florida State in there and that TV market of Tallahassee in there and all those television sets that are now going to go on here in in the state of Florida and South Georgia, um, we're going to make that much more money that, you know, ESPN's going to want to renegotiate our deal and pay us billions and billions more because Florida State's coming in. The SEC doesn't want Florida State. 
Florida State is not academically qualified to go to the Big Ten. The Big Ten allowed Nebraska to come in with a ton of criticism. They became the only member not of the AAU, the Association of American Universities, 13 out of 14, and it came with backlash. Since then, the Big Ten added USC and UCLA, making it 15 of 16. Recently, they just added Oregon and Washington. So 17 of the 18 schools in the Big Ten are part of the AAU. Florida State is not part of the AAU. Okay? And that's, as far as academics, that's really important. And and also think of this. The Big Ten had a chance to get Cal and Stanford. And what does that mean? Well, they'd have a top five market in the Bay. You'd have San Francisco and Oakland. Academics are off the chart out there in Berkeley uh, and out on the farm, okay? Very, very uh, outstanding academic universities. And the stodgy old Big Ten, you know what I mean? Those old, you know, those old stodgy folks that, that, that don't see the sun at all, you know, because they live in Ohio and they live in Michigan and they're old Big Ten folks and their way of a great game is like a 9-6 victory. You knew if you brought in those two schools, there would never, ever be a chance that any one of those schools would win a Big Ten. Cal, Stanford, never. So, and they said no. Three things, more money, San Francisco market, incredible academics, and no threat. You think they want now to all of a sudden say, Florida State, come on in. Clemson, come on in. I I have no proof of that. I would love if that's the case. But my understanding is right now, there's been absolutely nothing uh, as far as clarity that that would actually happen. And and here's another part of it, a, a little part that no one talks about. Oregon and Washington are not even receiving the full slice of the pie until after the college football season of 2029 and into the spring term of 2030. So UW and Oregon said, all right, we want in that bad. The Pac-12 has been ripped apart. We need a landing spot. They're going there now for the next six years without getting a full percent. You think Florida State, after all the complaining they're doing about not making money, $30 million less a year is going to say yes to the Big Ten if they're going to say, all right, you're going to have to wait at least six years until the current television agreement is over. We're not going to pay you what we're paying the other schools. That's another major part of this that I – honestly, have not heard anyone talk about. So where does that leave Florida State? The SEC doesn't want them. The Big Ten's going to have to really budge. What, are they going to go to the Big 12? The Big 12 makes less money per year than the Atlantic Coast Conference. The Big 12 just lost the only two teams that mean anything in Texas and Oklahoma. I hope tomorrow night I have a lot of information. I hope tomorrow night I could come out here and said, 
uh, and say that Florida State just did this. And Florida State is just, uh, you know, put themselves in a position where they can now do that. If it's nothing but blowing hot air and complaining again, no one wants to hear it anymore. They don't. They don't want to hear it. People fail bad for Florida State. That's over. The media types, that's over. You as fans, that's different. You should be upset. I'm still bothered by a great deal with this. But it's been really poor leadership. Self-inflicted wounds. Publicly popping off without an opportunity to go where you should have gone or known where you could go. And... Again, the most important part of all of this, the days of Bobby Bowden in Florida State going out on the road and, and being kind of the cute school with the, with the war chant, those days are done. People in athletics don't like Florida State. And I hate to say that, by the way. I do. I hate to say it. I mean, they've become kind of the New York Yankees. They've become Notre Dame. You know, they become the Los Angeles Lakers. They, they become a, a very unlikable group. And it's, it's their leader's fault. All right, reaction to that coming up. More interviews coming up. We're going to hear from Luke Farrell of the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. Caught up with him just a couple of hours ago in the locker room. If you'd like to join us, your best bet is on the text line. That is 641-1010, brought to you by Lifetime Enclosure. Into the Night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. All right, short segment because I went way over uh, my allotted time. I just hope that tomorrow's a, a break ground day. For Florida State. I'm, I'm tired of them being the butt of jokes. And winning helps. Winning solves it all. We've seen it here with the Jaguars, albeit three-game spin. Um, is not good. Although I think they can certainly turn that around this weekend. Uh, in Tampa, uh, Brett McMurphy Action Network is saying that, in fact, tomorrow... Florida State will announce that they're going to pursue an exit from the Atlantic Coast Conference. Okay, well, that's a good start. And that's what I said. It better be more than just more complaints. Um, they, they better have something put together where you are able to get an understanding as how this process is going to work, right? He says er, the earliest Florida State can leave is in June of 2025. Okay. I clearly stated that regardless of what happens, they will play the 2024 season um, in the Atlantic Coast Conference. He goes on to say in the article that it's a $120 million exit fee plus probably someone in the neighborhood of $360 million. I read three different places today that they said $500 million. So those are the numbers that, uh, that you were talking about. I would have to believe that the first question that – the bot takes is how are you going to finance this? Uh, Florida State lost out on recruits yesterday, two five stars. Uh, the belief is the bag came into play. 
Florida State is under construction again with the stadium. Uh, an enormous project that is going to cost multi-millions of dollars. Florida State, now if they leave, where are they going to be able to get this money? And, you know, the whole private equity seems like it could be a really good idea. I, I just don't know the ins and outs of that. I mean, what's in it for six street partners? I don't know enough about them. I don't think anyone knows enough about them. J.P. Morgan, I mean, that's huge money. That's enormous money, but, you know, and if something like this has happened, I would love for you to tell me, in collegiate athletics, where J.P. Morgan has dumped millions and millions and millions into a school, where Sixth Street Partners is, again, what's in it for them (laughs) outside of payback? I, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question. So tomorrow's a big day, and... I, you know, I think it's going to be a sleepless night, uh, sleepless nights for a lot of folks involved. Um, certainly, I wouldn't expect them to file tomorrow. That's next to impossible, right? They have until August to do that. I can only imagine what needs to be put into a situation like this where you're allowed to get out of the grant of rights where you still have 13 years remaining. So... I would expect tomorrow that there is an announcement. Now, McMurphy's also going on here to say that there's going to be a lot of interest in the SEC and the Big Ten. I like Brett McMurphy. I've talked to him many times over the years. I hope he's right. Because others are saying the exact opposite. I already gave you my opinion on the SEC. The only thing that could happen with this would be is if the SEC felt threatened by the Big Ten. Can someone make a case that, oh, if Florida State goes to the Big Ten, then bam, Ohio State, Michigan, what have you, more and more, they're, they're, they're going to begin to come into the state. And they already have to some significance. I mean, everyone recruits the state of Florida well. Last 10 years, it was more of Bama and Georgia and Clemson, but you still saw national schools taking talent out of here. I don't know if that's enough. I don't know if the SEC would be intimidated that way. I think the SEC looks at the Miami market and looks at the North Carolina market and says, those are better markets for us. Florida State and Florida is too close. Florida State and Athens is too close. Miami's basically its own country. And, you know, you go down Tobacco Road, I don't care what anyone says, the flagship of the ACC is North Carolina. It is. They're not the best football team, but they're the flagship of the ACC. Everything is right there on Tobacco Road. In Wake Forest and North Carolina State and Duke, they do not compete with UNC. That's my opinion on this. Heck, we've even heard Virginia in that market. So I just hope there's something tomorrow. I mean, give us that. they they got to be smarter than that, right? After really missing twice in Amelia Island and then doing it again before the start of the year with the Board of Trustees, after missing twice, they can't do it a third time. You can't announce a meeting like this two days before Christmas and come out and not have something of major significance. 
uh, anything short of we're leaving the Atlantic Coast Conference, I think is a disappointment tomorrow for FSU. All right, we got to take a quick break because I overdid the last one. When we come back, um, if you want to comment on this, 641-1010 on the text line, brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures. Also, reaction coming up today when I went to the Jaguars locker room. Luke Farrell on the other side. Let's go into the night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. All right, second hour, tomorrow night, 6 to 8. Then next week, the superstars are off. When they get the Christmas holiday, uh, Hacker and I are going to be on 12 to 3 Christmas week. <clears throat> that should be explosive. That'll be a lot of fun. Back in the back in the building uh, during the day, 12 to 3. We will be on air. Primetime will be on from 3 to 6. So, uh. I'd love to say I'm already looking forward to that, but that would be a lie because I'm looking forward to this hour. I'm looking forward to tomorrow's show. Looking forward to driving to Tampa, picking up my dad, bringing him back here for Christmas. And I'm looking forward to all the football, including the Jaguars. Can they win a road game? Uh, Final thought on the announcement tomorrow where, again, anything short of them announcing that they are going to file uh, to leave the Atlantic Coast Conference. I, I, I think is going to be a, uh, a major disappointment. Florida State is going to take the punches here, and they have been taking the punches. But what's really interesting is after they make the announcement, everything else is going to begin to fizzle, fizzle out, if you will. Miami. North Carolina, Clemson. In a way, they've got to be privately thrilled that Florida State is 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 doing this. Even though I re, you know I read comments again today. I think uh, I think the AD at North Carolina. I think his name is Bubba. Is it Bubba Cunningham? By the way, with a name like that, he should be in the SEC. He should not be in the ACC. Um, but he came out and he was you know he said that Florida State was barking and that Florida State shouldn't be doing this, shouldn't be doing that. I, I think privately, they're probably excited that Florida State is on the receiving end of all the criticism, and then they're just going to be able to follow suit. Where do you think Miami ends up in all this? Probably the Big Ten with FSU. Wherever FSU goes, I'm sure Miami will be not too far behind. See, I think Miami's more attractive. They're a bigger market. You can't compare. Most Miami fans aren't living in Miami. Like, Miami's market is like a nationwide thing, though. You know? Miami's got some national appeal, even though they haven't been relevant in a while. Uh, The market size does matter. I think the SEC would want Miami for that reason, and it's twofold. The other reason is they don't need a school in between Florida and Georgia. You know what I'm saying? And that's what Florida State does become. I think the SEC would love Miami and Florida State. I don't think Florida would want that. But, like, yeah, why wouldn't the SEC want that? Sounds awesome. 
you think with the addition of those two teams, they're going to be able to turn around and go renegotiate this enormous deal they just got done, or are they going to have to slice the pie with two more teams? And I know I'm putting you on the spot here. You probably had an opportunity to think about this. Um, I mean, you would have to renegotiate everything. I, that that goes for all these TV deals. You know, if you're yeah. going to just add three more schools, you know, if Clemson's in there, these SEC programs are not going to be like, yeah, you guys can just come in and we'll split the pie with you. Like, no, they're going to want more money. I just wouldn't see them being happy with splitting it two or three more ways. No. Winning in money fixes it all. And the biggest problem that Florida State should have right now is number one, ESPN, and then number two, the commissioner, Jim Phillips. Okay? ESPN screwed Florida State. ESPN now has the SEC. That is their premier entity. They have left CBS. Okay? Is Florida State going to leave and try to do everything they can to go to the SEC, which is repped by ESPN? Again, they're leaving ESPN with the GOR and the ACC. Or does it make way more sense to try to inch your way into the Big Ten and Fox Totally different partners, a, a totally different television they network. I e- even care about that. Really? Yeah, no. Uh, I do. I don't think that goes into their thinking whatsoever about getting into a conference. Like, the, the T. Be, I just don't think they would care about that. Hmm. Like, oh, we're on ESPN now. We don't want to be on ESPN. Like, why? Uh, well, they screwed him out of going into a college football playoff. I'm, I'm sure that's what the bot's going to say tomorrow. Well, that's. Really down on ESPN. I mean, so you just don't – if you don't want to be on ESPN at all, I mean, Big Ten's still going to be, I'm sure, somehow on ESPN. No, I'm just you thinking know, out like loud I, here. I, I, just, I, I think the whole conspiracy behind ESPN not getting you guys to college football, that's like such small potatoes. You know, it like, may oh, be for the short- ESPN talking heads didn't want you guys on. Like, yeah. that – that we're talking about the future of the universe, the future of the football program. You know, like you can't think about some petty stuff like that. Well, a bridge will be burned, and I, I think I'm speaking the way I think they're thinking. If that makes any sense, I think for them, the Big Ten and Fox is better than jumping into the SEC and, e- and ESPN. You don't think it makes a difference? Yeah, I, the SEC is. I'm, way bigger than the Big Ten, you know, like that. Not contractually speaking, not yet, not until, not until, you know. Uh, I have to look at the finances on both these I'm new deals. I'm just saying, in general, like when you talk about college football, there's two teams in the Big Ten. Why well, it's top heavy conference, right? Like no one, no one's watching anyone but those games in I, the Big Ten. I, I'm not going to argue with you there. The SEC is from top to bottom. People watch all those games. You know, Florida's five and seven. They're on ESPN at seven o'clock at night. Yeah. You know, like I do think the Big Ten became more attractive though with USC and uh, Oregon yeah, and more Washington. attractive, but yeah. still that where they have one game on Fox at noon, and I guess now they have CBS. I who are the Big Ten? Yeah. Uh, no, they had. 
I thought they Fox had like the the big games this year. I, I uh, thought yeah, Fox I got Ohio an State Michigan. Yeah, but all, that's yeah. big noon. I mean, yeah. I found myself. You know, you know how I feel about ESPN. It is bias involved for me. I watch the game. What if it's a game? I don't yeah. care what channel it's on. I'm talking about the pregame stuff and everything. Don't I, watch any of it. I, I gave up watching all game day trash. and all that. If I'm going to watch anything, I go to Fox. I. I, I think they're better. I mean, where else am I going to hear Urban Meyer before the start of the season exactly. tell me that uh, Florida State's in a rebuilding year <laughs> and that they'll be better next With year? With all, like, the 25-year-olds. And he Transfer actually said that. Guys. He actually said that. Florida State's in a rebuilding year. They'll be better in 2024. Um, I may be nitpicking here, but I do openly wonder about that if, if you're having these conversations uh, let's just say best case scenario what is best I, uh, I, SEC. I i viewed my negativity on this about the way they handled it uh, let's just say the cream rises to the top and all of a sudden we find out tomorrow that the sec and the big 10 both desperately want florida state what's better for them the sec it's the premier conference. It's the one that always wins the national titles. You're in the South. You know, it is important, you know, especially down here. It, it, I, I don't think the Big Ten holds a candle to the SEC in any aspect. Maybe I guess their TV deal is just as much money, but... Big Ten is so boring, It man. is. It Half sucks. those teams are, I mean, watching it's Iowa... Irrelevant. And Illinois and Minnesota and Wisconsin and Purdue. And you think and adding UCLA in there? Like, all right, USC I get, but I'm – oh, I guess Oregon too. Um, yeah, yeah Oregon and UW. Is still the premier conference. Oh, this, they win the national title every year. And they I, just I mean, added, I, you know, a team that's in the playoff. I just – I don't think – the SEC needs Florida State. I think the SEC I agree with that. it become like a desperate measure of let's not let the Big Ten right. get Florida State. Exactly. That's what it comes down to. And maybe Florida State's clever enough that they can use that type of leverage. If if you were if I you know if you asked me where where would I rather go, Big Ten or SEC? Well. For those who listen to me for a long time, they know a lot about me. In a heartbeat, I'm going to say the Big Ten. It's and easier. I'll tell you why. It's easier. Exactly. It's easier. <laughs> and, and, and by the way, that, that's my frustration with all of this to begin with. How dare Florida State, when they're getting their ass kicked in the ACC, come out and ask and say that they're better? It, it's, it was so stupid. At the timing is everything. You know, they should have done this back in 2014 or 2015 or waited till after this year. They did it when Mike Norvell was 11-13 and 13 in the ACC. They had just lost to Jacksonville State. And, and that stuff matters to me. You understand what I'm saying? Timing is it all. Timing is everything. And, you know, they, all of a sudden they showed up like, you know, hey, I'm Robert De Niro. Hey, I'm Meryl Streep. Hey, I'm the Beatles. You're not. You were average. You were laughed at. The backpack, the swag, 
Um, just one thing after another. Not playing prevent defense against Jacksonville State. It just it, and and I'm sorry, but that pisses me totally off. You, you can't go in and do something like that when you're playing as poorly as you are. And then you got hit. Drew Weatherford said it. We can't compete in this conference to win a championship. And what did they do? They turned right around and took his words and said, here's the precedent. Who cares if Florida State went undefeated? They're the ones who said it. They can't compete. They can't win it in the ACC. So guess what? Florida State, you're out. Into the Night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Yeah, I could have been so lazy today. I could have just shown up and screamed about Florida State, but I wasn't. I read all that is there. And I also visited the NFL locker room. Right here in Jacksonville, the Jags have an enormous game in Tampa Bay on Sunday. We'll have it all for you beginning Sunday morning, in-game, post-game as well. Today, talk with a couple of different football players, including Jaguars tight end, Luke Farrell. Hi, with Luke Farrell. And um, first off, what's it going to be like going out there playing on Christmas Eve? <laughs> oh, it'll be great. Um, you know, sunny Tampa. It's going to be beautiful weather. Yeah, you know, not too far, so excited about it. Short trip, so yeah. that's not that big of a hassle. What do yeah. you think? You guys are back maybe 10, 10, 30, 11? Doesn't, like doesn't matter to you. It does, yeah. to, does to some of the guys with a lot of kids and what have you. Yeah, nice having yeah. next day, Christmas Day. Though. Tampa Bay uh, giving up 96 yards a game on the ground. Very good run defense. How important is it to be balanced and be able to run the football against them? Yeah, I mean, I think that's huge. It's definitely a big challenge for us up front, you know, you know, especially with my job specifically. And, you know, you take that personally, and it just adds to the preparation, you know, attention to detail throughout the week and, you know, being able to rely on the run game and then everything, you know, comes off of that. A little bit earlier in the year, um, you dropped two in a row, then you flipped the switch, you went out on the road, you went to London, you won five straight in five different buildings. Do you? Do you get a feeling that this could be the start of the same thing on on uh, on Sunday? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. It's just kind of that mentality of like, okay, done. It's all that's done. You know, move on, and and this is where it starts. You know, making that push. You know, into the postseason. You know, playing our best ball. How hard is it to know if it's going to be Trevor or if it's going to be CJ? I mean, you know, you couldn't ask for another guy in the room better yeah. than CJ. I mean, he's an absolute professional. I think everybody in the building trusts him. You know, just mm-hmm. as much. And, yeah. The fans, the media, they want you back on the winning side. Obviously, you guys do as well. Do you feel extra pressure? First place team going to face another first place team. It's the only matchup of a couple of first place teams this uh, this Sunday. Do you, do you feel that, or is that something we talk about? I think it's just uh, a lot of it's more talk, but, but I think just our mentality is every every game is big because of you know where it puts us you know going into the postseason and, and even just like mentality wise of like you feel you feel good mm-hmm. you can hit that stride towards the end of the year so it's we, we like to you know kind of focus it more on our process and how we are and just using it as motivation for ourselves really last question for you just how different is it last year at this time you had to keep coming from behind you went six out of your last seven this year, you still control your own destiny. You're in first place. You have the tiebreaker over Indy and Houston. You know if you win, 
you're going to be able to host a game here during the first weekend of the playoffs. Right, and that's exactly what we're playing for. Like, it's it's a, it's about us and and what we want going into the postseason, and that's what we want to set ourselves up for. We appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. All right, I was earlier today, Luke Farrell, and uh, with all this Big Ten talk, and he's a Big Ten guy, right? I, uh, this kind of has a Big Ten feel in my mind. Run, stop the run. Neither one of these two teams can run. Jacksonville, 26th in the NFL. 98 yards a game. The Bucks are worse. They're 29th. They get 90.6. Uh, the flip side, these teams are both really good against the run. Uh, the Buccaneers are ninth in the NFL. They allow 96 yards a game. And Jacksonville was fourth, right? They got toasted last week for 251. They've now slid down outside of the top 10, and they give up 103.6 yards a game. But they had been well under 100 the entire year until, you know, Baltimore did what they did on Sunday night. So, you know, I set it up that way. I I, kind of have a feeling that neither one of these two teams are going to be able to run the ball. It's going to instead come down to a Baker Mayfield. And then who? Is it going to be Trevor or is it going to be C.J. Beathard? Let's check the money. Let's do that. Let's head out to Las Vegas. Let's bring in our buddy, Rafael Esparza. We'll find out what's going on. The public, the Sharps, what are they doing on this game? My advice to you is to wait until you see if Trevor is playing or not, but it feels like all the money keeps piling in on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That's next. We go live to Vegas. Let's ring up another guest on the All-Pro Roofing phone line. Vegas, baby! Vegas! I need a trip to Vegas. Party with Rafael Esparza. He is with MyBookie, MyBookie.com, or MyBookie.org. Excuse me. What do you got going on out there, Rafael Esparza? Uh, I'm in your neck of the woods. I'm in the south. I'm in New Orleans right now. <clears throat> okay. It's always a fun time. What, uh, yeah, really. what, do you, what do you got going on there? You got the casino now right there in New Orleans. Yeah, there's a there's like actually one in uh, French. There's one in the downtown area, and then there's a couple of, a couple of out of out of places and other parishes. But you know, I had to make my appearances somehow. Let actually, get... doing event actually actually doing an event with Dustin Poirier. With who? Uh, Dustin, uh, Poirier. Dustin Poirier. Oh, very good, uh, outstanding. When's he fighting again? I don't know. I'll ask him on. Uh, I'll ask him in the next couple of days when I see him. Let me give you a tip. In Vegas, and I know what happens, but certainly in uh, in New Orleans, the last time I was there a couple of years ago before a preseason game between the Jags and the Saints, I turned around, paid my tab. Great classic rock band was playing. I turned around. Not only is my credit card gone, but my phone was gone. Yeah, got to be very alert uh, in New Orleans. <laughs> and I want to tell you something. I've been dating the same girl for 15 years. I don't even know her phone number, okay? That, that, that's, I mean, that's the way that things are. When someone takes your phone, I have, you know, thank goodness I had the room key in my other pocket, and someone I work with by the name of Frank Frangie, I said, Frank, do you have my girlfriend's number? Because I don't, I don't know anyone in the world that I can call right now. And, 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 and that's how crazy it is with the responsibility that you put in that phone. I agree. Yeah. So don't get it robbed out there, Rafael. I want to hear from you next week. <laughs> All right. What's going on here now? And and what are you hearing? You guys in Vegas, you always seem to get it ahead of us. What's your understanding on Trevor Lawrence? 
Uh, I'm hearing he's probably going to play, uh, but we're still going to put him circled as questionable or game time decision. I, I just, just, I just don't see him sitting out. It's a, a big game for Jacksonville. That's why we're treating it gambling wise that he's playing. Okay. How has the money been this week? All on the other side. <laughs> the betters think he's not playing because the sky is falling in Jacksonville. Or, But you have to look at it. All these second-string quarterbacks, third-string quarterbacks, your team is still winning. So don't sleep just because your quarterback's injured. Look at Houston with C.J. Stroud. He's probably not going to play, but they can still win this game. Uh, don't Just because your starter doesn't play does not mean it's an automatic L for your team. Yeah, I mean, Tampa Bay's won three in a row, albeit the competition has not been outstanding. Going to Green Bay last week was impressive. Uh, Jackson was let three straight get away. Uh, how much of a factor does that have three straight going opposite ways? That has a huge factor, but I think that's why we're not getting that significant big money ticket coming in on either side. A, holiday weekend, you usually don't get that big bets, but B, I just think betters just don't know what Jacksonville team you're going to get, what Jacksonville defense are you going to get. Christmas Day, Christmas Eve, uh, like in this case, um, how much – do you look at the road team and then put into question, all right, away from the families? And I, I know this is somewhat new in the NFL. It used to be just the NBA, but is that something you've had an opportunity to measure? No, not really. I mean, I talk to players uh, and I talk to NBA players and a lot of this. They just celebrate Christmas another day. I mean, unless you have really, really little ones, then maybe, but they just treat it like another day at work. This is their profession. And this is how much the NFL hates me because now before you should just love four, four NBA games and call it a day. Yeah. Now I have three NFL games, four NBA games. And what a weekend, though. I mean, games on Saturday, full slate on uh, Sunday, then three games coming up on Christmas Day, a 1-4-30 and 8-15 contest. All right, last game I'll ask you about is, uh, is Dallas at Miami – um, you know, arguably the best game of the weekend. I know a lot of people will say San Francisco and Baltimore, but what do you make of Dallas going down to South Florida? I know people are saying Dallas struggles on the road. They haven't beaten a good road team, but there's going to be no weather involved. The turf is probably going to be help Dallas, but I still like Miami. Getting a soft number. Some books have picked. Some books only have minus one. That's a soft number. Until Dallas can show me that they can win on the road against a good team. I just think Miami getting a short price. I think it's a good price on Miami. On Miami, And I think we're going to see a lot of points scored in this team. All right, two quick questions for your website, youcanbetthat.com. Number one, with Trump being removed in Colorado, what has that done odds-wise? Uh, both. And the first day it happened, everyone but the other side. Now we're starting to get Republican money. And ever since that, I've had been doing a ton, tons of prop bets and Political best that will be out on Christmas Eve. So uh, keep an eye out for your emails for that. All right. And the 2024 Miss America, your favorite to win it is Miss North Dakota at plus 800. What I want to know is how come there's such a huge discrepancy between Miss North Dakota and Miss South Dakota, who comes in at plus 5,000? Uh, on the amount of victory and points that they got in their prelims, if you want to call it, to win their states and all that, her points uh, were higher than anybody. So that that was a real reason why I picked that. A uh, lot of lot of research on this one because I wanted to do more profits. It was just hard to find certain stuff for the profit. I would have appreciated picks with this. Pictures. Uh, 
Pics, yeah, yeah. Isn't that cool? The way of saying pictures, P I. It is. Did it not sound like we're talking betting? So you know, it can be misconstrued. P I C P I C S. Um, do do a lot of people bet on this, Raphael? Yes, yes. Because we'll we'll advertise it, and the day, the weekend of the events, we will because we'll start doing a lot of marketing. People will bet like who's a winner. Will it will it be a singer, speech, dancer? People will bet that all the time. The over under an age. That's always a popular one. Uh, but we'll, we'll get a significant amount of action on it. Man, you, the work you must have put in, I mean, the, the difference you have here between your favorites and, and the underdogs is is just incredible as far as your research. Uh, it's, that's like I tell people, I, my day is just not sports. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you can get that as well. Just go to youcanbetthat.com to get the very latest there from uh, Rafael Esparza. Hey, as we say goodbye, tell us about my boogie. Yeah, uh, big event. We got football. We have football tonight. Saints. I think the Saints lose. I think the Rams will win this game. We have a bowl game. Boca Raton. We have a great bowl game tomorrow as well. It's just a great time to sign up. We got college basketball all day Saturday, all day tomorrow. NBA, NHL. Great boxing on Saturday. We got two heavyweights. And Bivitol gets back in the ring. He's the one that beat Canelo. So it's a, a great weekend of sports. Rafael, always a pleasure. We'll talk next week. Thank you. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you. There he goes, Rafael Esparza. Man, he is taking it out of Las Vegas. And he's rocking right now in New Orleans. Yeah, Saints-Rams tonight, a couple of 7-17s, seven and 17s, both still in it in the NFC. LAR favored by four at home, your total 45 and a half. And you got South Florida-Syracuse tonight. The RoofClaim.com Boca Raton Bowl. I got to imagine good seats still remaining for that one. Syracuse favored by three, total 55 and a hook. So that appears to be, um, you know, an entertaining game. JJ, I got to say this, okay? And again, Baloo, don't, beat the, don't bite the hand that feeds you. Don't bite the hand that feeds you. Georgia, Southern Ohio. Didn't watch it. That was in the uh, Myrtle Beach Bowl. Howard FAMU. I'm happy for FAMU. I, you know, I, I worked at in that market, uh, James Colsey, uh, former Florida State Seminole defensive back. He picked off Danny Warfel in the uh, comeback game, 31-3 in 1994. Always a big fan of him. He's in a coach there for uh, Florida A&M. They knocked off Howard. Jacksonville State over Louisiana. Oh. Okay. Miami of Ohio fell to Appalachian State, the home of Gibby. Fresno State knocked off New Mexico State. New Mexico State played 15 games this year. I did see that there was controversy about that game. Jerry Kill, the coach of them, uh, was – I guess they got shafted because new, they were – it was the New Mexico Bowl. So they were supposed to be practicing in the New Mexico University's indoor practice facility. Well, they got beef going back probably a long time, but especially this offseason when one of the players was videotaped – urinating on the other team's field. Ooh. Um, so they weren't allowed to practice there. It was like a whole thing. But, no, I also did not watch a snap of that. Any uh, information on whether or not that Jerry Kill has announced that he'll have a 10 a.m. meeting tomorrow where he'll be spouting off uh, as to what happened. 15 games this year. UCLA-Boise State. Chip Kelly had a lot of interesting things to say about he did. everything that's going on, the college football playoff and, and, and rating other schools and what have you. Uh, Texas Tech knocked off California. All right, that's the only bowl game that I have actually watched at least a little bit of. Who won? Texas Tech clobbered them. 
34-14. That was like an even line. It was like I, I want to say it was like a three-point line or a two-point line. I don't know how they make the lines with these games yeah. with all the portal guys. And uh, Texas Tech just had the best recruiting class in the in the Big 12. Really? Yeah. I mean, excluding Texas and OU, of course. Yeah. Uh, te- I, 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 yes, with, with those two teams leaving. Western Kentucky over Old Dominion. Didn't watch it. UTSA against Marshall, didn't watch Now, it. that Old Dominion game, they were up 28 nothing and lost. No. It's just, um, I'm not trying to discount it, but I, I think you watch these games. And tomorrow night, you got Georgia Tech, UCF. Saturday, you got Troy and Duke. Okay, Saturday, Georgia Tech, UCF is a little more interesting. Uh, Saturday, you got Arkansas State, Northern Illinois. Saturday, you got James Madison Air Force. Saturday, you got Georgia State, Utah State. You got South Alabama, Eastern Michigan. You got Utah Northwestern, Coastal Carolina, San Jose State. Those are all the games coming up on Saturday. I, I think it's safe to say that you watch these games if you're one of two things. You're a degenerate gambler or it's your alma mater. Yeah, these are like the low-level bowl. Anything before Christmas, I, I can't watch it. Yeah, so that's what's going on with the Bulls. Now, today's takeaways brought to you by Key Buick GMC, where our family dealership has been helping families buy vehicles for over 50 years. I visited the good folks today over at Key GMC, Key Buick, uh, the GF's got a Buick Enclave that she loves. I absolutely, and as a matter of fact, I had my, uh, I, I showed up today after taking a walk, and I was like, what's going on here? And, and I, I walked up to my driveway, and I was getting my uh, my GMC Sierra from Key um, totally detailed, washed and detailed. And I was like, well, what a shock. What's going on here? And I found out it was an early Christmas present that I had received today. So I was really tickled uh, by that, inside and outside. But I just love the truck. I've had it for six years, and I'm going to keep on keeping on uh, with that bad boy. But I did uh, go in there today and and um, spoke with some of the guys, Brian and Derek, and, and, man, the lot is full. 23s, 24s, okay? You still got tomorrow. Uh, certainly you got Saturday. Uh, you know, if you want to do things after Christmas, a lot on the lot. To choose from. My takeaway is all about Trevor Lawrence. We just don't know. You just heard Rafael Esparza say that they're looking at this game as though he is going to play. Zero indication today. He was not in the locker room. He can't speak anyway because he remains in the concussion protocol. I just don't have a feeling for this. Again, three weeks ago with the ankle, I didn't think he was going to play. And I had a few guests on who told me that they thought he was going to. He's a tough guy. I don't know if you can you know, say tough in concussion in the same sentence. It's a totally different set of circumstances. So we do not know. Hopefully tomorrow night, by the time I'm on at 6 o'clock, we'll have a better understanding as to whether or not it's going to be Trevor Lawrence or C.J. Beathard. Now, the two-minute drill brought to you by Tire Outlet. Tire Outlet is now hiring. Visit tireoutlet.com slash careers. Equal opportunity employer. All right, Hacker Nation coming up. You've got college football. You've got the NFL. You've got hoops, college, and the uh, college and, 
in the NBA. You've got the NHL tonight as well. It's a big night. There's no question about it. And it's a big night because it's Denmark versus Hacker oh, in the no. semifinals of the 1010 XL Fantasy League. And, now, and does this game play into it? He's got Cooper Cup and he's got Williams, the running back. So tonight could be a big night for Denmark or he could be in a lot of trouble when all is said and done. Mm, so we'll be following right. that very closely. Now, I don't know if this is still the way it is, Rick, and shame on me for not knowing, but I had Cecil Shorts on last night, former Jaguar wide receiver, and he said he had a, his fair share of concussions when he played. This was 10 years ago. And what Cecil told me was they did a basic baseline test on you before training camp, a cognitive test to have like a number grade on it. And when you got a concussion, at least when he played – they would do that same test, and you had to hit that same baseline number to be able to play. So it makes sense to me. Now, again, I don't know if that's still the way it's done in the protocol, but this is not going to be because I know people are saying, well, what if Trevor's not truthful with the doctors? I think they take it out of Trevor's hands. I mean, if the doctors say, Trevor, do you have a headache? He's going to want to play, right? No, yeah. I don't have a headache. Trevor, are you sensitive to light? No, I'm fine. Well, they don't really let the player dictate that. It's all based on the numbers and – the cognitive testing going on. Yeah, you know, it makes a lot of sense. I, I really don't have an answer to this. There, there's been – there was a few times where I think I wasn't supposed to see, and I did when I was on the road with the Jags, and I every once in a while I'll bring up a Jaguar story that it, that, that did occur. Uh, I'm going to respect this process and, and not say anything, uh, partly because a lot of it I really didn't know what to look for. But it seems like it would be so easy just to answer the question, yeah, I'm fine. So I think there's got to be some truth to that, that there are ways that the team doctors can tell if you're lying because you want to play and actual, you know, physical things that they do, um, you know, whether or not they pass that or not is if you can go. Because in the case of Trevor Lawrence, the guy went out there basically on a busted ankle three weeks ago. You know, you know he wants to play. Yeah. I don't think anyone questions that. Based on the way Cecil described it to me, they protect the player from themselves with that testing. And look, I'm, I, I have no idea if he's going to play. Let's assume Bethard plays for a moment. I was thinking about this today. You know, Collinsworth brought up a great point on Sunday Night Football how Trevor sometimes will go for the 30-yard seam route and not take the five-yard down and out, mm -hmm. sure thing. Man. With a guy like C.J. Bethard, he'll take the five-yard down and out. Maybe that's what we need, Rick. Yeah. Maybe we need five-yard down and outs on Sunday, keep the ball away from that Tampa Bay offense, which is cooking right now, and we don't need the 30-yard shot, which could be a great play or could turn into an interception. Better just control the game, be as boring as possible, be a game manager. I got a feeling Jackson was going to win on Sunday. Well, I've had anyway, that feeling all week. Any way they win is great, and I tell you what, I, I, I think both teams are going to struggle to run here. I mean, taking on top 10 defensive teams – Against the run, both teams struggle to run. Tampa Bay is actually worse than Jacksonville. Jacksonville's 26th in the NFL rushing. Tampa Bay's 29th. So I think both teams will struggle uh, in that area unless they saw something last week after what you know Baltimore did, putting up 251 on the ground. All right, what do you got coming up tonight? Yeah, we're loaded tonight. Chris Trapasso, CBSSports.com, talking NFL with us. Ben Arthurs, the AFC South reporter for Fox Sports. We'll have him on in the 9 o'clock hour to break down this AFC South race. And coming up in about 25 minutes, the birthday boy, Leon Searcy, will stop by. Should be a lot of fun. I said happy birthday earlier to Leon when uh, I came on to talk about 
the alma mater. All right, have a lot of fun tonight. Thanks, Rick. That's going to do it. Folks, tomorrow night, 6 to 8. Hopefully we'll have plenty on what Florida State's going to do tomorrow at 10. And much more on the Jaguars. So it should be a feisty show. 6 to 8. Ooh, I'm already excited about it. But I'm going to enjoy my Thursday night, and I want you to do the same. I don't check the text line now that the show is over. If you want to get a hold of me, do so on Twitter or X. That's Blue1010XL. Thank you to Luke Farrell. Thank you to Rafael Esparza for JJ LaSelva. I am Rick Blue. We'll talk tomorrow night, starting at 6.